Good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of High Top Sports. I'm in the studio today with my man Steve and Chad Holly. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, let me hit you one time. Stevie. My man, my man, my man. It is good to see you again. Welcome Feel it. to the best Feeling night of good. the week. <laughs> best day of the week, baby. I miss it. I miss you guys. I miss the chat. We about to cut them puppies loose. We have a, a jam-packed show in store for you guys today, as we do every Wednesday. We live for this day. We are fired up, ready to rock and roll. Obviously, the Gators landed a fat commit. Pun intended, everything intended, because that's a big boy. How about them? That's a big boy. That's a big boy. He's ready for some damn pancakes, baby. Feed me. Okay? Then we're going to talk about the health of the program. All right? Go over where we at. How do we stand now that, look, I want to talk about it because I think we all were panicking for a little bit, and I want to compare last year to this year, and I'm going to piss some people off, some Gator fans, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. We're going we're gonna to rock and roll with it. Then we're going to wrap up on Jaden Rashad. I know most of you guys are sick of hearing about it, but Nick Del Tor from On3 wrote a phenomenal article. If you haven't read it yet, go check it out. It's great. We're going to summarize some of it here, but it's phenomenal. Then we're going to talk about who's going to be, we're going to go in the NFL draft a little bit. Out of the SEC quarterbacks that, you know, the big ones that are going into the draft, who's going to be that dog in three years? We're going to talk about it. Tom Sweetstakes. You know Tommy B and the boys. We got to bring him up. He's always in the news, always looking with his jawline, looking better than ever. So we got to talk, talk about it. The best wide receiving core in the NFL. Sleep on it. Get back to us. We're going to talk about it. And then obviously we got NFL playoffs this week. Final four. Who's going to take the golden nugget? Who's going to take it all? But before we get into that, Let's say hey to the chat. We got over 100 people in here already. Ready to rock and roll. Love you guys. Loving the energy. Make sure you guys subscribe, like. Let's get into it, bud. You have to eat a lot of protein for all that power the boy needs. You're right, bud. Trav, what's going on, big dog? Gator Nation. Jacob, LFG. I love it. Nacho Dexter, can't wait. Robbie Robbie Flemma. Let's go. Shout out from the Flemmas. Karma, Dama, Daddy, and Mama live on this Wednesday. I love it, Robbie. The whole family's here. We might have to keep it a little pg 13 then. We got a whole family in the, in, the, in the house. Robert Turner, what's going on? Cody, Cody Bullgator. What a big guy. Mama, how you doing? Alex is. Compton, Ed the Priest, Adrian. Oh, hey, Holly. <laughs> hey, what's up, Alex? Good to see you, man. John Welcome Day. I feel doing? like you should just put an L in there, John Day, for John Daly. You know what I mean? I won't judge. Babo Johnson, <laughs> what's up? LFGM, FSU. I'm always down for that. Um, Fasma, uh, what's going on? Andrew Apple, prayer for Lincoln. Yes, sir. Prayers for the little man. Um, I'll write you back after the show, big guy. Hardwired to self-destruction. What's going on, big guy? Um, Connor Wilson, big, big balls. Belly big balls, baby. JR, Aaron Joyner, Matt Scott, Muddy. What a big guy. Um, let me see here. Joyner says that uh, your basketball team's kicking butt right now. The Gators? Let's go, baby. Brandon Curry, he started late now because all the signing day recruits be late. Yeah, they're rubbing off on me a little bit. That's on me. I'd be Mac late. <laughs> Robert Turner, Scott, Rob Little. What's going on, boys? D- Duck Race? Yes, Duck Race tonight for the members. We're giving some stuff away. Tyler Spann, what's going on, man? How we doing? Welcome to the stream. TK Gator Nation, what's up, big guy? How we doing? We Christopher up, Suggs. Guys? All the boys came out. Doug Preston, John Dooley. All right, I love it. The energy's hot. We're rolling. We're rocking and rolling. Woo! Iceberg slim, boys and girls. The show is, it's time. It's showtime. Love seeing you guys here. The energy is hot. You guys are spicy already in the chat. Number one, we got ourselves a commit. Keontae Goodwin, okay? That's a big boy. 6'8", 340, and every bit of it. 
coming all the way from Kentucky, the Bluegrass State. All right? I'm loving it. Absolute massive pickup for Billy and the boys. Uh, this was a big one here. This, to me, it, it basically wipes away us missing out on Samson. We were talking about that pre-show of, if you go if you go take a look at it, Samson was the third-ranked offensive tackle this year. Uh, Keontae was a five-star, basically. We're talking like .002 from being a five-star when he came out of high school. to The fifth-ranked offensive tackle. We have his tape, boys. I'm not being dramatic here when I tell you that this guy is going to may be an absolute tear for the next two to three years. Okay? The guy, the guy is an absolute beast. And it's a big pull for Billy. It feels like, it almost felt like he kind of was just like, you know, just picking away, picking away, picking away. Now we're looking back, it's like, damn, this team looking pretty good. We're looking, we're looking pretty, we're looking pretty thick. Uh, just to kind of give you guys a little idea of the offensive lineman that Billy has brought in here, let me read this this little stat to you, okay? The size of every scholarship offensive tackle Florida has added. Cameron Waits, who just tore his uh, Achilles, but 6'8", 373, tiny guy. Jordan Herman, 6'8", 370, tiny guy. Keontae Goodwin, 6'8", 351, tiny guy. Caden Jones, 6'8", 325, tiny guy. Damian George, 6'6", 339, mid guy. Bryce Lovett, 6'5", 336, and David Connor, 6'5", 295. Unfortunately, all the big offensive linemen were, were no longer available, so we had to be left to do with that. But uh, Bunch of midgets out there. Bunch of little dudes. That's a lie. Where is the beef? It's on the line, baby. It's on the Gators' offensive line. I don't, look, I don't care who's back there at the quarterback. Graham Mertz, me, Steven, you got all day. You got all day, okay? We're, we're rocking, baby. Let's, guys, we have to witness. You got to see this tape. I'm telling you, it's something special. It really is. Steve it, and I were. It really is. This wrong <laughs> Just name. laughing our asses off earlier. Yeah, dude, it is unreal. Like, it's something, it's something really to just be in awe of here. Watch this man's speed. Look at this man run. Look at the circle. Look at this man go. 6'8, 345 pounds. <laughs> Boom. Stride for stride. Give it to the big man. Put him at running back, Billy. That's our fourth string running back. Here we go. Watch the pull around. Bam! Just puts the kid backwards. And I get it. Little people, big man. I don't care. Running him over. Look at this. Just, just throwing the... Look at this. Just bullying this kid. Bullying this kid. Here he is right here. Right. Watch this. Watch, watch. Get out of my way, kid. Get out of my way. Look, he looks tiny. No, Keontae's just that big. Look at him getting down the field. It's not like he's just a big, useless, you know, piece of meat. This kid's athletic. Watch, watch, watch he's back in the end zone. Back in the field. end zone. Back in the end zone. Get off me. <laughs> Bro, that kid's at least. That kid's he threw that kid to the track. <laughs> you're not look, a football player anymore. You're a track star. I Go made on. you that way. Look at that. Speed, baby. Speed, baby. That's the running back. Stride for stride. stride. That is the running back. back. We, we should be fired up for Gator Nation. We should be, look, watch this play. Watch this block. Just get off me. Get off me. Never had a chance. Ooh, it's just I, nasty to finish the play, too. That's a big boy he's putting back right there. That was a big that's, edge. That's a that, big, yeah, that's a that's big a, kid. That's a big that's boy. That's a big damn kid. I love this right here. I love this. Look at this. Blocking for the run. Blocking for the run. He don't stop till the whistle stops, baby. He don't stop till the whistle stops, baby. <laughs> back to the 35-yard line. Hold on. There's one more There's one more highlight that I have to show you guys where he literally just he just throws this poor kid to the ground. It's coming up here in just a minute. It's worth, I promise you, it's worth the wait. It is something special. Here it is. Watch this. Watch this. Bro, he just, just he clubs just clubbed him. him. He just clubs him. 
Look at this. He just clubs the kid. Watch it again. Clubs him. Bam! <laughs> you had to open up that screen. Like, they're, 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 they're going screen at you. The guy's either got to go down or... <laughs> that I, I'm trying to answer your question. His name is Keontae Goodwin. Keontae Goodwin. Keontae yeah, Goodwin. I, I see you guys in the chat in Kentucky trash. saying he was trash. Stop it. Stop it. They pissed. They were trying he to keep play. him. They were trying to. They were trying to keep him. It was between us, Louisville, and him. Look, I think Billy playing a lot of freshmen last year spoke to these kids that are you know that didn't get to play their first year. Said, hey, you're, you're going to come and play here. You're going to be an impact player right away. So I, I'm fired up. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think if. O-line concerns are over. I, I, I agree. We're going to talk about the other positions here in a minute, Muddy. I, I, we're going to get everyone's opinion about it because I think, look, I'm going to be optimistic about it until I'm not. But right now, uh, I'm, I'm pretty fired up. I think, look, the offensive line looks looks thick. It looks juicy. It looks healthy. It looks just like Mama want to give it to you. You know what I'm saying? You're raw. Raw. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Oh, okay, right. look, to, to, to say that that's Shout not a uh, that is literally a huge pickup <laughs> that's literally a huge pickup uh for florida um look and not just not just for the fact that he's he's looks like a great football player like the kid looks like a, just an absolute beast but in in a time for florida like where recruiting has felt like a little bit of a dark cloud over the last few weeks it felt like any news was bad news for florida um you know, we'll talk about the Rashada thing, but you know, just it felt like it felt like Florida, with all the momentum in the world, kind of lost some of that. And then you get a kid like this in the portal, who's available from what I can gather, and I could be wrong here, but I don't see a single statistic on his roster sheet from the UK Athletics website, meaning that he's a freshman again. That's a four. That's a four-year eligibility. So, look, this is the kind of thing. Keep in mind, guys, that recruiting is not over. Like the, the the signing, the final signing day isn't until the beginning of February. These February first, guys, which we will are, be live. We're gonna be live February first. We guys. will be live for that. Well, we'll be but live yo, yo, but just, the day. Yo, yep. Uh, but just to to the, to the point of, it felt like Florida needed some really good news, and I don't know if you're gonna find a bigger splash than this kid right now. So look, hats off to, to, to Billy and the recruiting efforts and, and maybe taking what, what's felt like just kind of a, an off three or four weeks, uh, you know, after that first signing, that first signing period and picking up a huge, huge guy that, that your, your team needs. And it fits what I believe in, in what you and I were talking about Shelton off the uh, cast just before we got on what I believe Billy's actual play style and, and, and offensive scheme really fits. I think sure. this guy is that, Speaking to value, and we've talked about the NIL situation and how we're spending money and how we're not spending money. Look, I think we're finding we're finding diamond in the rough, right? If we if we miss out on Samson, this is the, the you know not look would have been great to have both of them, but if we get Samson, do we get this kid? And Samson's NIL valuation, according on three, is like one hundred seventy thousand, one hundred fifty thousand. This kid's forty seven thousand, right? And look, if all that you know adds up, that's huge. That's a big that's a big plus because in my opinion. How much is the difference of quality that we're getting? Probably not that much. And this kid has college experience underneath his belt, as Samson does not. So, it's it's look, it's not as splashy and flashy as maybe we would like. And it's not as like, oh, it's a five-star coming in. This is huge. This is a big one. Billy doesn't really care to, you know, to, to flaunt it like we do and wear piss missiles on a shirt. And that's okay. But this is a, a grind. And this is kind of like, look, we've been I've been preaching this whole time, let Billy cook. Let him cook, and these are one of these. This is one of those things when he's cooking. Ricky celebrated his six months of being a member. 
Welcome, my fam. Uh, says, are we watching the Blindside movie? It does definitely feels like that. And John Day just became a member. I love it. I love it. Welcome to the... There you go, John. Welcome yeah, to the we, family. We, we, go ahead. We make sure you follow the link to the Discord and, uh, and, and jump in with us uh, offline. We're, we're, we're with you guys. When even when we're doing these things, we're 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 chatting. We're just kind of going at one another. We're hanging out with the with the chat. Uh, we're also hanging out with you guys offline as well. So make sure if you guys are, are joining and you're a part of the high top family that you're 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 picking up the Discord as well. We keep things going out over there uh, all day long. It never stops. Absolutely, and I see you guys in here. As, as we getting big baby Jen, like you talking about Jen, like from the collective on here. I don't know. I spoke with her today. And uh, she actually invited uh, High Top Sports back out to another Gator Collective event, February 11th on Saturday, right before the basketball game. They play Vandy at 3.30. The event is going to be at the rooftop from 12 to 3. They haven't announced it yet, but I'm excited about it because everyone's going to be there. Let me give you the list of who's going to be there. To, uh, uh, there. And I'm talking, when I say everyone, I'm talking about football. The last few times we've done events, football's been busy. Not this time. Here is the list of people that are going uh, to be there. Where are the names? Uh, Mazuka, Ricky, Wingo, McClellan, Kamari, Dez, Shamar, Zip, Boom, Barber, and Etienne are all going to be there. We coming. And we're going to be there. That's a, we, that's we, a we, cast we, right there. We fired up, baby. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, so we're, we're pretty pumped about that. But yeah, look, really excited for uh, Count to go. And again, we're going to now kind of transitions into the health of the program. Okay? Program, as we like to say around here. And... Program. Look, let's go over it really quick. Let's talk about it. How we how we feeling about it? You guys, like I see you talking about already. Offensive line, I think we can all agree we are excited about it. We lost two to USC, two big ones to USC, which I talked about on Monday, where I felt they don't they didn't fit the Billy scheme. They fit more of the pro style offense, which is happening out there in USC. That's fine, right? It's it makes more of a sense that we lost those kids. We lost a few other ones, but they weren't really that high on the depth chart, right? It's expected. But what we were able to bring in and what we were able to bring in from the twenty twenty three class. Is it going to be a little bit of a downgrade? Because, yes, we lost two guys to the draft. Those guys were draft ready. It's going to be hard to replace that quality. But I believe in us having as many offensive line coaches as we do and what we've been and what Billy's been able to do with offensive linemen in the past, I feel very confident that it won't take long for us to be back into that, you know, that same uh, where we were last year, if not better, to be honest with you, because it feels like all the toxic is going to be out of the room. Um, the next is going to be... Um, is the running back room, which I think we can all agree is going to be, if it's going to be better because uh, Montreal's going to be better, Trevor's going to be better, Trayon's coming in, and we got the kid from uh, Tulane, Cameron. It's going to be a solid running back room. I think it's going to be again. It, it's just there's no way it's worse in my opinion because the two the two healthy backs have a whole year underneath their belt in the SEC under Billy, etc. Going to be great. Wide receiver core. I feel like where the wide receiver core was last year, the only way it can go is up. And I think with the kids that are coming in, I think the wide receiver core is even better. I really do. Now, a lot of it is going to be freshman made with Eugene Aiden and Andy Jean, and I understand that. I still take that any day of the week. I'm not look. We still got uh, Jaquavion Frazier. Still got guys that are coming back. Ricky's still going to be there. I really think this uh, this wide receiver core is going to be healthy. On top of the two tight ends, we got Arlos Bordingham, and I can't think can't remember the kid's name who enrolled just this year, who was a good commit two years ago. So, again, so right now, if we're looking at that. I'm thinking all, only where but up. Offensive line, I won't say that it's better than last year, but the upside is going to be great. So, so far, we're looking pretty good. The next big question mark, I know what everybody's freaking out about, but it feels like Greater Nation's starting to turn it around a little bit and buy into the Mertz, Hurts Mertz a little bit. 
They're looking at the film. I've been seeing people watching it. We did a little uh, dig in at the beginning of the cast of data. I think Graham Mertz is going to be a better fix for the Florida Gators. I'm not saying better than Anthony Richardson. I think the upside for Anthony and his athletic ability is obviously way better than what Graham Mertz can produce. However, I think what Billy is running, the process that he's running, I think Graham Mertz is going to be a better fit. And for that, I have to say, I think right now, and I know you're going to give me crap, like, oh, there's no way. I think the quarterback room has the upside to being better and and should be better. And to back that up, Steve, I'm going to pass the ball to you to read off a few stats for us from Graham Mertz last year and Wisconsin offense to an Anthony Richardson in this offense, as you were, sir. <laughs> yeah, let's break that down, right? Because I think what uh, what everybody looks at with Richardson in 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 the offense last year was these big explosive plays and 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 just just you know this this uh, upside and this athletic ability that just couldn't be tapped. But let's just go into the actual numbers. Let's talk about what both of these quarterbacks actually accomplished on the field from a black and white number standpoint for the entire twenty two football season. Uh, Mertz had two hundred and eighty six attempts 164 uh completions for a 57.3 completion rate that gave him 21 we'll just call it 2100 yards uh that's a 7.5 uh average completion right uh 19 touchdowns 10 interceptions that gave him a qbr college ratings of a 135 let's go to anthony now look anthony was dynamic on the ground with his legs he had those those ESPN highlights of these 80-yard passes in the air. But let's just get into the numbers. He also had 327 attempts, significantly more than Mertz, 176 completions, which put him at a 53.8 completion percentage. That is 5%, roughly 5% lower. He did have 2,500 yards versus Mertz at 2,100 yards, but that's a whole lot more attempts to get to that extra 200 yards uh, on on the average. Now, his average per pass, 7.8, almost identical to what Graham Mertz was able to do with with his offense. Uh, The touchdown-to-interception ratio, 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. I don't see much of a difference there. I don't see a whole lot of difference. And if you want to get down into the QBR, Anthony's QBR was a 131, which is less than Mertz. Everybody keeps looking at Graham Mertz as if he is just a turnover machine. He has no ability to to run an offense. He has no upside. He's got no 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 merit to be a transfer to the University of Florida. I staunchly disagree. Even these numbers by themselves being so close, but the fact that Mertz is built to run a power offense. A Wisconsin offense, which puts two tight ends on the field. You have these counter trays. You've got these these sweeping, uh, like toss uh, sweeps. Uh, look, I, for what I have seen, Billy wants to be a run first offense and use the run to open up the pass. He doesn't want to be a pass heavy offense. All right, it, it reminds me a little bit of what we saw from Florida State this year. Jordan Travis didn't come out there carving up offenses or defenses from the start. We softened them up because we had such a strong Which running game. Which did Jordan to have that, confidence when throwing the football. To see, to see the field and to have some, some opportunities that he likely wouldn't have had. Look, if I'm looking at Graham Mertz and I'm looking at Anthony Richardson, 
and I take out the flash plays, the the the, the eighty yard run, the sixty yard run, the this, the that, the, the ones that just show up on ESPN. If I'm looking for the quarterback that is going to be who can drive me consistently up the field, I don't see a difference between these guys. I don't feel that there's been a step backwards. Here's in where the, the in, here's in where the, the upgrade in my opinion is. I feel like what Billy was battling with last year is Anthony was had a foot on the way out the entire season. So Anthony had to try to make himself as flashy and as bright as possible to everyone else except Billy and the team, which, in my opinion, causes for poor mistakes, causes for you to make, you know, mishap judgment on third on third and four, third and five, right, and not get the first down, but instead trying to make a big play. I believe Mertz is going to come in and just be a, a, a system quarterback. Come in and do, hey, here's what you're expected to do. It feels like we're building a, a, a 49ers type of uh, offense where it's like we've got playmakers on the on the wide receiver core. We're going to we're going to stack you with some big tight ends, but you're going to have a dog at some dogs at running back. I need you to just not make them a dumb mistake. Don't throw any picks. And when you when I need you, you got to step up, but it's going to be wide open because they're going to have to be considerate of the run the entire time. That's how it looks. If that's me, I'm excited for what's to come. And Look, I projected us to go 10-2 and two at the earlier uh, earlier this year. Way too early. A lot of you guys laughed at me. As we get further along, Kentucky now feels a lot more doable. They're losing a lot of they're losing a lot of people. They lost smoke to Colorado. They're losing Will Levis. Look, I don't think Kentucky as is as a as a as a feat anymore than what we thought it was. Tennessee to me is still up in the air. I claimed lightning in the bottle. We'll know next year whether I was right or wrong. But that's a game that we can still win. So offensive side of things, health wise of the program, really excited about. Defensive side of things. The line, thick. Big dogs coming in. We lost, obviously, Brenton Cox, but with the loss of Brenton Cox, nobody noticed. So I'm not even going to count that as a loss because once he went out, I don't feel like the D-line really struggled. Gervon Dexter's going to be a big L, but I feel like, we again, he has made strides. With Kelby Collins, Will Norman, that's just a class. We're not even talking about what we've done in the portal. Okay? What are we able to pick up in the portal? Cameron Jackson and Caden uh, Jones, I believe, from Louisville. Massive pickups for the D-line. That sounds right, yeah. So the D-line, in my opinion, is going to look healthier. We're going to have Big Dez and McClellan. They're having their second year. That D-line looks better already. So the trenches looks like it's going to be an upgrade. We should be ecstatic. Cornerbacks, not quite sure yet on that. Linebackers, Ventrell Miller was the guy. He was the 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 heartbeat of the defense. So what does Billy go and do? He gets three of them. He gets three guys to fill in the one one spot. I'll take it. You'll get three quantity guys to fill one big quality dude. Sometimes that might be better than just having the one big guy. You got guys that can come in and out. So, again, the defense may be the, kind of where the hole's at, and look, we'll see what happens. I think the defense, in my opinion, based on what we saw, how people left, and what, what's been, been said on Twitter, might have been where the most toxic players were from last year. I could be wrong. This is just kind of my that's, – that's a 100% that's a personal just take on what I've seen on how things have been accurate. Um, but, look, the defense is going to be, I think, where – there's going to be a lot to, to what, what what could come with the cornerbacks and, and safeties. We'll see what happens. But, look, the more I talk about it, the more excited I get. I'm ready to see what, what's going to happen. But I know we were a little worried uh, at first. But, look, we're building the trenches. We're building we're building the thick lines. We're building like Bama built their teams for so many years. So, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, I think we should be excited um, for next year. I think you make uh, you make a you make a, a big point there um, with the trenches, Shelton, and that's you know if you look at you know Georgia's offensive line, 
These guys are massive. They're they're Big NFL boys. ready by the time they're sophomores. If you look at Alabama's offensive line, most of these guys are almost NFL ready by the time that they're sophomores. Um, you, the defensive line the same way. I mean, look look at what TCU was going up against on both sides of the line in that national championship. They looked they looked like what we were watching Keontae Goodwin toss around on the field. Right, sure. the game at it, it, the college level is won inside the five inside five yards of the line of scrimmage both ways. If you can control the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be a hellish night for the other team. They can't sure. run the ball; they're going to they're going to scramble to get rid of the ball. If you can block consistently, run block, pass block for your for your quarterback and running backs, it's all it all happens Tear right the there. Down. The flat the the fl- exactly the flash happens with the skill players but the consistency of a college football game right now happens within you know two and a half yards either side of of the line of scrimmage on every play billy has his guys so the excuse of like well billy's got look billy has his guys now so next year I- i'm gonna be way more critical right on-, on a lot of things but so far i'm loving it Hey, look, it's he's moving silent but dead. He's moving like a G in lasagna. I've been saying that a lot lately, but that's what it feels like. We got a super chat from uh, Trip Flemma says uh, the O line is looking like IHOP because they be eating. They they look big, baby. They look big. Goodwin versus Big Dez. That's good, bro. Good iron sharpens iron too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. It, I'm 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 beyond what? fired up. Florida Gator basketball seventy nine versus South Carolina fifty five. I love it. Look, basketball starting to get a little little bit of groove too. So. It's good to see that we got a big, got a big stretch coming up here. I know some 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 good teams. So, Cam Curl. I'd, I'd love yeah. to see. I'd love to see a board drill. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an offensive line uh, versus a uh, defensive line. You know, just the old school uh, Oklahoma drill uh, with with Goodwin and uh, and maybe Big Dez going up against one another. See if we can't maybe find some uh, some practice footage of that once those guys throw some pads wait. on. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, wrap up on Jane Rashada. Like I said, I know you guys are, you know, sick of it. We're kind of sick of it too. But I think we have to, we have to close this chapter. We've got to go ahead and close the close the saga here, and, and you know, get past it. Um, Nick Del Tor wrote a phenomenal article here, confirming the thirteen point eight million. And I want to just read this here really quick, and then we're going to talk about it because it clears the air for the Gator Collective, and that's something that I was kind of big about the entire time, where I felt like, look, they're getting drugged, and I, I'm waiting for. I want them to speak out because I feel like there was obviously. From what I heard, they weren't really as involved as what people thought. Uh, but the Rashada deal went south weeks prior to his letter of intent being signed. According to our reporting, the deal and the $13.8 million figure were brought to the Gator Collective, which then entered into the contract into the contract with, the, with Rashada. The money was said to be promised by a donor who had done dozens of deals with the Gator Collective previously. Multiple sources told Go. Told Go. The, numbers of the, the numbers of the Rashada deal broke down yearly were put into a standard contract that the collective uses and signed by them and the Rashadas. When the contract was signed by those parties, the Gator Collective did not have a hand in negotiating it. That was done with the Jackson Zager and his company, JTM Sports. U of graduate Darren Heitner, who's been a lot of heat lately, is an attorney on retainer for JTM. Heitner helped write the NIL legislation that became Florida law. He has also been vocal advocate of the Gator Collective, helped set up the company as an LLC, and has provided legal advice to its founder, Eddie Rojas, as well as the collective. He has publicly denied representing Rashada or writing the NIL contract with the Gator Collective. That's where like, a lot of the drama has kind of uh, been breaking out a little bit. But apparently, shortly after the deal was done, it became apparent that the collective, that the money that they were promised to fulfill the contract either was not coming or not or had not been or had been miscommunicated. That's where the gray area lines. We don't know exactly what that means. 
So on December 1st, the Gator, the Gator Collective made those parties aware that they would terminate the contract if the issue wasn't resolved. On December 7th, it was finally resolved. So what it sounds like basically in some, the Gator Collective handled it like as they should. They have a third party come to them saying, hey, we're going to offer you X amount of money to pay this kid. Okay, fantastic. We love that. Okay, here's a contract. Boom, boom. You guys agree? Awesome. When looking back over the contract, there obviously was a dispute, a miscommunication. Of like, no, 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 no. This isn't going to work here. We can't can't promise that. We got to figure this thing out. It wasn't figured out. It was terminated. Rashada still signed his contract or signed his NLI uh, a letter of agreement on the 21st or whatever it may be simply because the people around Rashada kept telling him, hey, we will figure this out. It'll get done. So there's a lot of parties to blame here. It seems like the parties that were being blamed were the wrong parties. Um, but look, fact of the matter is, I think it goes back to what Chris said. Why the hell are we paying this kid $13.8 million is the, is the real issue. It's a disgrace that what happened, it sucks how it happened, but the fact that we even consider paying this kid 13.8, regardless if it was six here, six, seven there, whatever, crazy to me. We dodged a bullet. We're moving on. That's it on that. I just wanted to close it up. <laughs> <laughs> look, I mean, like, I think, look, I, you're right. I think you guys dodged a bullet, to, to say the absolute least. Look, the, the kid, I'm sure, is talented, but you've got a lag way coming in behind him. What happens if he's not even the starter in two years, right? He just transfers? Well, what happens to the what happens to the contract that he signed that another school won't honor because that's way more money than that they're willing to pay. He's not like going to TCU, ASU, or Colorado. He's not getting thirteen million from those guys. No, no, no. It, it, the whole thing just seems it just look, look. We've celebrated the NIL. We've seen some great things with the transfer portal and the ability for some of these kids to move around and get an opportunity to to to, to make some money off of their talent, which is great. I love it, sure. but this is one of the first times that I think we've seen the NIL just really come in and just completely wreck a situation. You know, Jaden Rashadis could have been enrolled early somewhere, which looks like it's not going to happen. I don't think it can at this point, yeah. but this is the first time it feels like there's been a, a significant issue where the NIL was the evil part of what we always thought it could be. Hats off to the fact that it hasn't really had – this type of impact as many times as it has, because this is the first time I've really heard of it. Um, but it's just, it, it sucks that, the, that it gets to this point. It's, it's a, think it what becomes miss, look, a business transaction for a kid. I think what we're missing out on too is like, we're all kind of like, we're, we're, we're treating Rashada as if like, just like kind of like a unit, like oh, screw him. Like it is what it is. But what I think honestly is like, look, like he got screwed and I feel bad for him. And it, it sounds like the people around him screwed him more than it was on, on Florida and himself, like, sure, maybe the deal went a little south, but it sounds like it was con it was terminated well before they, they could have made a decision. But the people around him told him they kept couldn't figure it out. So those are the ones that need to be held accountable. Again, who that is, I don't know. But that's that's the person to blame. Whoever kept telling Rashada we're going to get it figured out, if that's a Florida person, I don't think that it was. But um, I, think, I think the reason it died down, like ESPN jumped quickly to drag Florida through the mud. But when things really started to come out, it didn't seem like it was really Florida's fault. It seemed like it was probably – I mean, look, contracts go south. This is a money negotiation system. It happens in the NFL all the time. It's like, yeah, okay, blah, blah, you're back and forth, whatever. It got signed. And, well, hey, there was, a, there was a miscommunication. We had to fix this. If you don't get fixed, we have to terminate it legally. Well, I can't control that you guys didn't want to fix it. So it, it's, right. it's, it's messy. This is, what we, this is what we didn't want, like you said, for college football. But it is what it is. But I appreciate you guys coming out tonight and the who just ever, whoever just subscribed. We appreciate it. So, 
Love it. Also, we got almost 100 likes. If we can uh, show some love here. Uh, I appreciate that. Rock and roll, guys. guys. All right, next we got we the have, people in here for it. Next, we have a fun topic because the NFL draft is coming up, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the SEC quarterbacks. I obviously, in my graphic here, don't have Stetson Bennett because nobody has a graphic of Stetson Bennett on the internet. So, But that's neither here nor there. But we're going to talk about it. Who will have, in our opinion, will be the at, at the third-year mark? Because I feel like as you know, some come in and they're great their freshman year, like, like Brock Purdy, but most of the greats take some time to kind of get the engine rolling. Saw Trevor do really well this year. Obviously, Joey B is the greatest quarterback in the NFL. This is his third year. Patty, Josh, etc. right? Who do we think at their third year mark will be the best quarterback out of these SEC greats from the from this draft? We've got Bryce Young, obviously, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and the walk-on, Stetson Bennett. Who do you think you who do you got, Stevie Steve, as your guy? For the third year. Look, this one could go, you could go in multiple directions here. I'm going to let you go first because I, uh, I don't want to give you the answer, the right answer. No, no, no. Well, the, the right answer being that we don't know what the answer is considering they haven't actually thrown no, a no, ball I yet. The, I have the but right answer. Being, oh, do you? Okay, fantastic. Um, no, look, I'm going to go with Will Levis. Um, I think from a, if you look at the style of football that he played, um, I think he's, he's the, it's the easiest transition. Richardson clearly struggled in reading defenses. I mean, he he threw a couple of games away for you guys to just being able to put the ball in the wrong team's hands. Um, look, I like Bryce Young. I think he's athletic. I think he's also just a, a you know a Tua incarnate, and I don't think that Tua's really translated all that well. Um, Stetson, yeah, I just don't look. This guy doesn't have the arm strength. He he won by sheer will of wanting to win, and he won by experience because I don't know he's twenty five years old and he had more game experience than anybody else. So if I have to look at all three or all four of them, I'm going to take Levis to make the easiest transition from college to pro. Okay, I like that. So I actually so what they have these guys mock draft right now, and that's where my decision kind of really came down to is where are they going to end up? What organization is going to take them if? If Texans were going to take any of these guys, I would have been hesitant to say they would be up there. But none of them at the moment are land are projected to land there. Stetson's the only one we don't know where he's going to land, which leaves a question mark on him. But I'm going to get to that. Right now, Bryce Young is projected to go to Indy. I don't hate that. I feel like that could be he could be the guy that kind of saves Indy. They have a great running back with Jonathan Taylor. Wide receiver core could could use some love. But they've got a great O-line, obviously, with the success of Jonathan Taylor. They did have a lot of downfall this year, which could put them back a step or two. So that concerns me a little bit that Bryce Young is going to have to go in and be the guy. Do I think he can go in and be the guy like a Bryce or like a Joey Burrow? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on him. So three years in Indy, could he could he bring Indy back to what, you know, the Peyton Manning days? Not quite sure. Will Levis. This was a surprising one to me. I thought Will was going to end up in uh, Texan, but they've got him pinned to go to Seattle. Changed my, my changed my opinion very, very much when I saw that because him getting with Pete Carroll and that Seattle, who's a, a heavy defense, always has great running backs, great offensive line, with a great, in my opinion, a great head coach. I think Pete Carroll gets slept on. I think we'll, we'll do wonders with Will Levitt. It's been a long time since they've had a, a number one draft pick because they got Russell Wilson late um, or early, I should say, or early pick, I should say. Um, or no, Russell wasn't with first round. He was a late guy, right? He was a steal. He was one of those guys that. Oh, got yeah, he like, was. Yeah, he was way late. Yeah, yeah we we uh, the Jaguars drafted a punter before that's right, uh, that's right. Seattle drafted so, Russell Wilson. I, look, it'll be interesting to see. I think look that that kind of it. I had someone else as number one, but it gave me it, it bumped Will Levis. So I'm going to come back to that. Anthony going to the Panthers. 
does not does not excite me at all. It just I feel like they're gonna mm-hmm. just throw him out there to die, and it's not the place for him to go. I could be wrong. Look, but that's this is my thought for year three. I think it's the worst worst case scenario for him. Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett has a noodle for an arm. I know that. However, if he ends up on a team like San Fran, he will ball out. And he will be he will look like Brock Purdy if he finds himself on a team like the San Francisco 49ers, how they're built right now. They're not the only team that's built like that, okay? Um, but if he can get himself surrounded by big tight ends, a great running back, which is what he's at now, I think he will do, will, will do a great job. And I think by year three, because he won't be thrown into the fire like the other three that I just mentioned will be, he might find himself just kind of dropped in to a, a, a pretty healthy starting position where I that's the part I don't know. And look, Stetson to me gives me a good vibe that he could be somebody that just comes out of nowhere and it's like, damn, he actually is getting it done. There's something that he has that you can't measure that isn't on a stat chart, and that's that dog in him. He's got a chip from being a walk-on, and that's to me, that speaks volumes. So I'm between Stetson Bennett and Will Levis. Again, if Will goes to the Seahawks, it gives me a huge upgrade because I believe what Pete Carroll can do. I can I believe what he does with quarterbacks. I believe in the system that he builds, and he builds kind of what we just talked about where it's he allows he builds a strong running game, a strong defense, and allows the quarterback to slowly kind of get into rhythm. I mean, Geno Smith had a successful year. So if that tells you anything of what he's able to do. Um, and look, that's not a knock. Yeah, and if you Gino. remember him from the Jets, that was an awful, awful yeah, exactly. situation for Geno exactly. Smith. Exactly, and Geno sat yeah. behind you know a, for a lot of guys for a very long time, but – Look, you guys saying Stetson's too small, and I hear you, and I and I get all that, but you don't go win back-to-back college championships just because the peep team around you. That team lost 22 people to the NFL draft. We got to stop the narrative that Stetson Bennett's trash because the only reason why we're calling him trash is because he was a walk-on, he wasn't a five-star, and because he's tiny. That's the only reason why. The guy has won when it's mattered most, and he's balled out and showed out and, and, hit, this, and hit his throws when it's mattered. We, gotta, we have to give credit to him until it's taken away. The 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 uh like the the narrative of uh, that he's overrated and that he sucks it's 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 getting old and there's no really rhyme or reason to it in my opinion and I know I'm gonna get flack because I'm over here defending his ass but that's that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, there's a, from a size standpoint, there's not a lot of difference between a Drew Brees and a Stetson Bennett. I want to say that they're they're very similar in in size stature. And, and just overall build. Uh, Drew Brees certainly bulked up a little bit once he got into the league, which you know you would expect that to happen. But he was a little bit of a skinny kid coming out of Purdue. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't as thick as he was when he was playing uh, towards the the middle to latter half of his career. Now, look, I'm not saying that the the guy the, the Bennett can even claim to have the arm that Drew Brees did, um, but I could say that he has some of the same characteristics of a Jay Cutler. If you want, to, if you guys want to go back a little bit further, when Cutler was at Vandy, Cutler was carving people up, right? He was he was out there with no talent around him. He was a skinny kid. He had a strong arm, but he was still finding ways to win games with not a lot of talent around him. Now it's a flip when you talk about Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett has a ton of talent, but the guy still knows how to win games. Like if, if, at the end of the day, he knows how to win a damn game. And he had a couple of plays against TCU where he had to put his own self out there and he was making runs and he wasn't just back there just, you know, relying on five-star talent. Give the guy some credit. Like he's, hey, look, he's won his, a lot his, of games his, he's, his and he's height, done it he's because he knows how. He's, he's tiny. It's, he's going to have a struggle, but until, until I'm proven wrong, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to support him. But I think, look, I think Will Levis is going to have the edge. I think in th- year three, I think he's going to have the most success even over CJ Stroud. I know we were kind of doing the SEC, but I think Will Levis really has his pulse. He reminds me of Josh Allen. 
He's going to come in. He's a grinder. He's, a, he's, he's big. He runs cats over. He's not afraid to run the ball. So, getting ready to Josh Allen vibes. And I, I, mean, I mean that by he's going to choke in the big games, but he's still going to be successful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you went there. Yeah. He's 25. You guys are roasting. Ah. I knew you guys were going to roast about Stetson Bennett, but it's okay. <laughs> I'll, take it. I'll take it on the What team. happened when Stetson played a decent defense? You mean like I, I, Florida's defense was average, Bama, uh, LSU? I thought LSU had a decent defense this year. They got better, right? Um, I mean, they, they rolled everybody. So, I mean, that's like that's the unfortunate part when you're in the Georgia situation because if you go, oh, their schedule's easy, it's like, well, look, they're playing the SEC. They're playing the well, SEC. Looks, yeah. Like, just because Georgia's that good and everyone else around them sucks, it's not their fault. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, that's the crazy gonna... thing. Is they don't, the other teams don't suck. It's just Georgia was, Georgia's Georgia right now. You know, it looked like they, it looked like FSU from the 90s. Everybody sucked in the, against FSU in the 90s. Well, it wasn't because they sucked, just because it, it was, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I, I remember us hoisting a couple of crystal, uh, crystal footballs back then, but it's okay. All right, we'll we'll, we'll see. So uh, let's move on. You guys are too spicy about that. We're two away from 100 likes. Like, let's get some love here, boys. <laughs> Tommy B, a video of him walking around Miami private schools has surfaced the internet, and it doesn't really matter if it's what it's about. The people are going to go berserk about it and say he's going to end up in Miami because he's going around, you know, school shopping. But I'm pretty sure Giselle and her new boyfriend live there, so it could just be the fact that his kids go to school there and he's just trying to find a good school, you know? But... Uh, I think we got to figure out where's he going to go. Is he going to retire? I don't see Tom retiring. I really don't. I think if he was going to retire, he's going to go out a different way. I, I see Tom being a guy coming out his coming out and saying, "Hey, this is my last year." I don't see him ending the year and saying, "Hey, I'm gone." Could be wrong, but I don't think that he's done. And I don't think he's going to play for the Buccaneers next year either, unless something. I don't think he cares about the money. I think he wants to go somewhere he can win and fit into an, a system that he feels comfortable with. Brian Leftwich being fired from the Bucks just tells me that they're in complete shambles up over there in, in the Bay Area. They got their chips. They're done. Tampa had lived their lived their freedom. It's over with. Is Miami a good option? I think Miami is a great option. But the Raiders, and Aaron Joyner said this as well, they look pretty enticing. Uh, our boy uh, Derek Carr is gone. But Josh McDaniels, who Tommy Boy and himself have a pretty good, uh, pretty good track record up there in New England, it's Vegas. You're newly singled. It's got a great new stadium. I don't know. Sounds you could, pretty. You could good. be the you could be the face of that. You, that that's a new franchise that needs you got a Devontae, face. You got Devontae Adams, better than Mike Evans. Yeah. You got Darren Waller. Yeah. Josh Wall- Jacobs may Renfro. or may not be there. Hunter Renfro. It's not about not about a wide receiver core. Yeah. We're going to talk about wide receiver cores here in a minute. They they got the yeah. Raiders in the top ten wide receiving core. There's some studs out there. If they mm-hmm. get Tom. Wouldn't be surprised they go throw throw a couple dollars here and there to maybe go get a DeAndre Hopkins. I like the I like the Raiders. I like the Raiders. I think everything's really? Miami, but I don't know, man. Vegas is sick. You ever been to Vegas? I would live in Vegas. Ow. Vegas is wonderful. Vegas is beautiful. It is. You don't it need is. That. What? I don't need that. You don't Ve- need that. Vegas. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a look. Good time. I, I mean, I like I like the pick. I like I like the look. The Dolphins. The Dolphins feel like it's a natural, easy progression, right? I mean, he's already in Florida. Um, you know, there's no state income tax. Why would you want to throw money uh, away if you See, don't have to? You got Tyreek Hill there. Yeah, you got Tyreek Hill there, and with and with Nevada, same thing, right? No, no state income tax. Why would you want to give another twenty five percent of your income away? But Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddell, you got Jacecki. His name's Waddle. Um, I don't know. What looking you just, out, I don't know what you just said, but his name's Waddle. 
Waddle, Waddell. Let's let's be honest. I, I've watched. I've, I've I've read some of your text messages. Don't get into me the grammatical errors here. Um, <laughs> but that being said, but here's the one thing I will throw out there about Miami, and I do have one other option. But Tua, I don't believe has had a natural, a, a good transition into the NFL. Um, and for for him, injuries have been a significant concern for Tua this year. Um. You know, a year off for Tua maybe to to heal, not like a ligament or a bone, but to just not take the absolute beating that he took this year might be good for him to be able to get away from the field and just get healthy. And put Tua behind Tom Brady, that is a great relationship. And I think that that gives Tom Brady the weapons that he's going to want. Now, does it give him the offensive line he's going to want? Because they damn for sure stacked that offensive line when he when he said, I'm coming to Tampa, because they they went out and they just invested a ton of money. So I see where, where the Dolphins could make sense. However, San Francisco, mm. he's originally a California guy. He's from Cali. They've got Debo. They've got McCaffrey at running back. They've got Kittle. They've got Brandon Ayuk. They've also got a guy named Purdy, Brock Purdy, who is coming out there and balling out, but he's over-exceeding expectations. Could you imagine if, with that defense, if Tom Brady went back to California where he's from, with the defense that he has, with the running game that they, they put behind Shanahan, and give Brock Purdy the ability to maybe just not get thrust into starting quarterback position and let him learn for one year, maybe just one year behind Tom Brady. What does Brock Purdy look like? The problem look, I I I think I think San Francisco is the perfect scenario for Tom Brady. I really do. I think that's where he should ultimately end up. I think Trey Lance throws a wrench into that. Everything that you just said, the running back, George Kittle, the defense, the wide receivers, everything about the San Francisco, you want to go win a Super Bowl, go get Tom Brady. I don't know how the Trey Lance saga fits into that. Brock Purdy has means nothing to me. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. It's all about what happens with Trey Lance. However, I am pretty sure he could be out for another year. So that like, not another year, but he could take another year and a half to recover. So that could be yeah. a factor. But if I'm San Francisco, I'm, I'm, look, I think what happens if they win this year with Brock, that changes things too. But if they don't win, you go get Tom and you go get a Super Bowl next year because you can't you can't make it this close the second year in a row and fall short again in the NFC championship and not go make a major change at the quarterback position because you are stacked literally everywhere. You're basically the what the Rams were two to three years ago. And what do they go do? They go get Matt Stafford and get it done. They go get the old guy at the helm and get it done. If they don't get it done with Brock Purdy, they'll go get Tom. That's a fact. As for the Tua thing, I see you guys in here. He's got to be done. This guy has had way too many con- concussions for me. How, how he is... This is where I'm getting frustrated because I remember when we like, he got put back into the game or he came back the following week. The NFL got ransacked for this. Coach, the coach did, the Dolphins did. Everybody was like, this is getting criticized because Tua came back in and we they shouldn't allow him to do that. If the NFL tells Tua not to play anymore, the NFL is going to get crap for that as well too, as as are the Dolphins. At some point, somebody has to make the call because Tua is going to say, yeah, I can play all day long. If I'm the NFL, I'm like, no, you are a liability a liability at this point. You are no longer allowed to play. You're done. Sorry, kid. You've had way too many injuries that you're just – I don't think he's all there anymore. I just I – don't, I don't think he should keep playing. I think he's done. 
Agreed. Agreed. And I hate to say it for the kid. He's young. Um, you know, he's 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 balled out at Alabama. It looked like he had all the, the upside in the world. Do I believe that, that his health was handled very well uh, throughout the season? No, I don't. Do I believe that some of that responsibility falls on the player? Absolutely. But regardless of where the responsibility and, and, and what happened this year, the end game of the of, of what Tua went through, I don't know if that's sustainable, and I don't know if that's a, a, a platform that he can he can move on from. Those were nasty concussions, nasty concussions, and it didn't happen in week two, and then week nine, and then week sixteen. It happened back to back to back. And if you've ever had a concussion, you feel like crap. And if you go out there, heaven forbid you get a second one. Like, who wants to get in three car accidents in three weeks? That's what that is. That is essentially what that is to your brain. It is. It turns it into mush. It, it, your your cognitive dissonance is gone. Your ability to to do simple things like like even looking and even have a, a light over your eyes. It just that that was a really 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 bad situation for a kid who is that young to see him. Go through that because, because what happened, what happened? I, I just don't know. Play, I, first play of the of the of the season get, gets clapped, and then is on concussion protocol. It, it, everyone's gonna be calling for the NFL's head. If I'm the NFL, I go no, sorry, dude. You're it's it's you're, yeah. you, you look it's, it is what it. Sorry, it sucks sucks to see it. You're, you you did great, but it's time to go. Um, with that, speaking of the Dolphins and 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 NFL best wide receiver core. This has been going around the hmm. office. We were arguing about it. I'm, again, I'm going to let you go first because I've got data here, and I don't trust that your data is better than my data. And uh, look, well, I typically wouldn't my come opinion into this. is always better. Than I, I typically don't. I leave data out of arguments. I just argue for with passion. But this one was I couldn't convince people why my opinion was right. So the only way that because everyone's going by the eye test, which I still feel the eye test is. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I needed data. And I think I'm good. So go ahead and tell me who you think the number one wide receiving core is. All right, look, you asked me this question earlier, and uh, and I said the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm going to stick with that just because of the, the age of the, the, the wide receivers. And look, I just to put this out there for everybody, we are not factoring in the tight ends and what they can do to bolster a wide receiver core. Oh, see, you you flipped the script on me. Today it was like, nope, we're not counting wide receivers. We're not counting, or we're not no, counting tight ends. But I'll, I'll 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 still stick with Cincinnati. I I think that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, those guys have been, I mean, all over the place. And I did if if you put all three of them out there at one time, like I don't know who you guard. Now now look, Cincinnati doesn't have a tight end that's going to scare you to death. Um, I, you know, they, they certainly have, uh, the running backs that can do it, uh, that'll, that'll keep, uh, you know, corners and safeties down in the box in order to make sure that the running back doesn't get loose on the, on the flares. Um, but I, I really right now feel that Cincinnati has the most potent wide receiver core with those three guys. So it's tough. And Scott brings up a good one that 49ers have a great offense or wide receiver core, which wasn't, it wasn't in the sure. top five when I looked it up, but with Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel and George Kittle. That's a pretty, I don't know who the other wide receiver is, but that's a pretty healthy wide receiver core as well, too. Who I who I am arguing for, and I think with the reason, look, I love the Bengals. I love Jamar Chase. I think T. T Higgins and Tyler Board are both great. I think Hurst is great. I think Joey B, in my opinion, is just that good. 
So part of me is like thinking, well, well, is it the wide receiver court good? Or is Joey B just that good? Right? Like that's kind of where I'm at. As for who I think, you can make an argument for the Bucks, the Dolphins. The Eagles is where I, in my line, my loyalty for best wide receiver core. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, dogs. And I have some data here to back it. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass here. For, and I only compared the Bengals versus the Philly because that's who I was arguing. Most receptions, Devontae, A.J. are one and two. Not one and two, but they lead over Jamar. Um, and then it's T and Boyd after that, obviously. For total yards, A.J., Devontae. Then it's Jamar, T, and Boyd. Not in that exact order. And again, like T and Boyd are pretty far down after that. For touchdowns, A.J., Jamar, and then T and Devontae are tied. For tight end, Goddard has 300 more reception yards on two more catches and one more touchdown than Hurst. Now, here's where I know I'm going to probably lose the argument because the third wide receiver, I don't even know who it was for the Eagles. <laughs> so I, I think from a from one, two, three, that's where you can make the argument for the wide receiver core, and you can even say, well, that's why the numbers are so much better for AJ because the third wide receiver is not that great. But I think the wide receiving core in Philly makes Jalen Hurts that much better. I don't think the wide receiving core makes Joey Burrow that much better. I think Joey Burrow makes them that much better. So to me, that's why I picked the Philly for to have the best wide receiving core. And I think, look, uh, the Dolphins are a very close second, in my opinion, with Jalen Waddell, uh, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Jacecki as well, too. I think Jamar Chase is a great wide receiver, and I think he he's like a Justin Jefferson where he kind of he can carry a room. And then T and Tyler are, are great wide receivers as well, too. But I just think as a whole, I, I, I don't have the Bengals that high. I really don't. And it's not a knock because I love the Bengals. I think they're great. I just think that Joey B has a more of an aspect of it and they look brighter than what they actually are. And that's and that's that's where sure. I stand on that. So, I, look, it's been a fun and I, look, I want to give the I want to give the Raiders at least a, a, a bit of a, you know, a, a yeah. show in place uh here. uh with Devontae Adams, uh Waller, Renfro. I mean, I, look, they're they're doing they're doing their thing out there as well. They're, look, it, it is it is interesting to see um just some of the the, the wide receiver core groups. Um even even with Tampa Bay. I mean, look, You've got uh, Evans. You've got Godwin. You've got well. I mean, you I have like OJ Howard out there. Russell it Gage. Just, it feels like there's a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah Gage. Russell Gage is in there. That's 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 healthy as well too. Look, I mean, how I kind of gauge. I think Goodwin. Goodwin had a little bit of a down year. I think if you, if you asked me last year, I would think the wide receiving core for for Tampa was much better. I think Goodwin was much better. I think uh, Mike Evans had a much better year. Look, Tom had a down year this year, and so look, that was another. I think this was an example of this year where the wide receivers were better than the quarterback. And they kind of really, you know, helped carry the team. I think Goodwin and, and Mike Evans are, are great uh, wide receivers. And honestly, if they didn't have such a bad year, I think we would probably be talking about them a little bit more, to be honest with you. But I think you can't sleep on Philly's wide receiving core. They're just – they're one and two. They're T, could T. Higgins be a one? Yes, he could be a one. Is he a solidified one like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? No. Devontae Smith was number one, was the one guy. A.J. Brown was the number one guy and came to Philadelphia. Right, so that's kind of how I look at it. If like if we're looking at tiers, I put, I put Devontae, like Devontae, Jamar, Justin, and AJ, kind of in the same tier. T T's in a separate tier. Boyd's even in a lower tier than that. I would even put Tyreek and Jaden in that upper tier as well too. That's kind of how I look at it. So 
What about the Chiefs? Do you think? Do you feel like the Chiefs no. just don't get they enough have, respect just, from a core? No, they just have Travis Kelsey. I think when they had, when they had Tyreek Hill, when they had Sammy Watkins, um, McCole Hardman, obviously, and Travis Kelsey, they're a little bit stronger. But Juju Smith ain't the guy. He, he he helps them. But if you go watch that game in Jacksonville, bro, it's it's their their two nasty it, running yeah, backs. It, yeah, it was it was Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nicole Hardman, I like. I just don't think that he. I just think he's a, a, a small role player. Kelsey is is oh, clearly the star. I forgot they added Kadarius Tony this year. So Kadarius, they did. Uh, Tony, yeah. Juju Smister. They're just, in my opinion, none of those guys go anywhere, and they're the number one guy. Not none of those wide receivers would be the number one dude. Could they act as the number one dude? But if you go, if you tell me, hey, Juju Smister's the number one wide receiver here, I'm not like, oh, they good. You know what I mean? Or like, hey, Kadarius yeah. Tony's the number one. Like, oh, they no. And that's kind of how I look at it. I agree with that. I agree. They do have a lot of talent at the position, but to your point, they don't have that number one guy. They have guys um, that, that suit so I Patrick Mahomes' ability to, to, to basically get loose, and they just keep running around because they're little just energizer bunnies. That's how I look at it. <laughs> I like that, I like <laughs> that, that was analogy. Fun. That was fun. I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, that was the first time I came somewhat prepared, so um, that was a good time. <laughs> All right, last but not, not least, not usual for you. we got the Battle of the Youngins. I, NFL, we do my boy Purdy Dirty. You see this right here? My, my boy Purdy Dirty. That's pretty good. Joey Why is he so Patty, small? That's not Purdy. That's freaking McCaffrey. They didn't even put his ass in oh. the graphic. Right? Like, that's messed up. What that's are messed they up. doing to my dude? All right, so look. What are my, they doing? For who do I think? Let's go over Let's talk about who's going to win the damn Super Bowl. Who do we got for the, the Super Bowl? As, as, a, as my pick for what I want. What I what I what would make my heart happy is the Bengals versus the 49ers because if the Bengals versus 49ers happen, I'm, I don't I, I I want the Bengals to win. I want Joey Burrow to go all the way. That's my number one guy. That's that's my pick, right? That's the dick that I'm riding into the all the way to the end. But I would love to see Brock Purdy get it done because I think that's sick. And Chris McCaffrey's a good dude, so I wouldn't be mad if the Niners got it done. The Niners were a team that I picked. Ask Ricky. I told I told Ricky like week three. The Niners were going to win the damn Super Bowl. Didn't matter when 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 Jimmy when Jimmy uh, Garoppolo took over. I go watch. They're going to win the Super Bowl now because I felt like he was going to take him to the Holy Lands. Even though Brock Purdy came in, they still getting it done. So if they if they win, I called that super early. I also said I said Joey B was probably going to get back at it again too. So I, I I'm not a fan of Kansas City. I'm sick of Kansas City. So I have zero desire to watch oh. them win. Uh, they're a great football team, but it looks like Joey B's got the man. They're going to Burrowhead this weekend. It looks like they're gonna. They got. They got Patty Mahomes' number, and uh, it's just the guy's cooler than a cucumber. And he's hurt. And he's hurt. They said uh, he they, good. They, they're coming out with reports saying, "Yeah, they said he was okay. They said he was a full practice today." But I'm telling you, I one mean, tackle, it's not like one, Andy Reid hasn't been in this scenario. Yeah, yeah one wrong tweak. <laughs> it just. I think the Jacks, Jacksonville should have won that game. They didn't take advantage of him being hurt mentally. He was. He he was thinking about it. They should have. They should have had a killer mentality and went after it a little bit more. They did not. So I think that's a factor where I think the Bengals will will be a, more of a killer mindset. They were like that. They were like that against uh, the with the Bills this past weekend. I think the Bengals win easily. I think everybody has the Eagles coming in. The Eagles have literally played the ACC all year. It has been an absolute joke of a conference. The NFC has been a joke. The path up through the NFC has been a joke. The, it's 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 just all around a big joke. It really is. The Eagles weren't, or the the Cowboys weren't really that great. The Giants weren't that great. They're that great. Washington had an opportunity to get there at one point. The Bucks limped in. Okay, nobody from the NFC was an absolute dog this year. So 
And the Niners are just built like an absolute tank. If you think because they're the Eagles are explosive, the Niners are, are, are a machine. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ball. They have a system in place. They just went up against the number one defense in the country, which was the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't phase them. With the, I mean, they only put up 18 points, but didn't phase them. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is better than Dak because Dak is completely overrated, and they should have put in uh, Rush, Cooper Rush, or whatever the hell his name is. Rush, Cooper Rush, right? Rush, Cooper? That sounds right. Yeah, we'll do that. One of the, one of the two. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to run into a wall against the 49ers. I, re- I really do. I think Kyle Shanahan is an absolute GOAT, a phenomenal head coach. And I think it's going to be the Niners and the Bengals. I really do. I don't I don't see – I think Jalen Hurts is going to meet his match, and he's going to find himself in the 2020 playoff again, and two is going to have to step in to get it done. That's how I feel. They haven't had to play anybody. Who They yeah. played the, the Giants, who they absolutely steamrolled, who, again – the Giants are on the up and up. They're getting better. They're not. They're not there. But yet. they're not there yet. They're not there yeah. yet. It's like the Jaguars. They're it's like the fact that the Jaguars made it as far. Like, look, I mean, hey, great, great season for the Jags. But Kansas they're City no- had to be licking their chops when they were like, oh, that's who we get to play. Can- yeah, Kansas great. City should have should have rolled the Jags, and that's why I think the Bengals are going to roll the. How the Bengals handled the Bills is how the the, the Chiefs should have handled the Jags, which shows you the Jags are coming. But. Uh, I think uh, I just don't think the Eagles are it. I'm not bought. I'm not bought on the Eagles. I'm not sold on them yet. Just not because it's no. the moment. Uh, look, good. I'm with you on. I'm with you on the Joey B thing, man. I look the the kid. The kid from from his college career sat back at Ohio State, waited for his turn, didn't get it. He goes to LSU. He just balls out. Unfortunately for me, uh, he he breaks the uh, the scoring record for an offense uh, that was uh, originally held by the 2013 Florida State Seminoles. Um, but look, I mean, I've loved that guy ever since. I mean, he's just cool as a cucumber. He's just laid back. He's chill. You don't see him out here doing commercials. He's not doing state farm when it's time to play football. The guy plays football when it's time for football to be done. You don't hear or see Joey B any damn where he's doing his own thing. He's playing the Joey B game. He's out living his own life. He's just not like, you know, slinging hamburgers and being an advertisement whore. So that being said, like, I love, I love the Bengals, man. I love that team. I love the way that they built it. Uh, I like the coach and the way that, that he utilizes the talent. So I, I'm big on, on the Bengals. And to your point, yes, like uh, something about the Eagles just makes it feel like they, they had such an easy walk into that game into the nfc championship now the one thing that does scare me is look brock purdy has played well enough to win but he's still very very young and has very little game experience and it doesn't take much for something to go wrong to where he's in a hole and now he's got to try to win a game if you're in a position where brock's got to come out there and win you the game then you're you're a little bit frightened and it doesn't take much to stick if it's one foot few, on the banana peel out there yeah i think he had a few kind of little like Nail biters in the regular season because he hasn't lost since he since he, since he took over, but yes, that's mm-hmm. we talked about that during the week. Is I haven't seen Brock face adversity, so that's my question mark. Is if that happens, I trust Jalen in that situation more than I do Brock simply because Jalen had a way more uh, college experience in big time games, big time moments, and I think that he'll have the ability to overcome it more than Brock Purdy were. Will the one advantage that Brock has is there's no pressure. Nobody nobody tuned in this year thinking Brock Purdy was going to be. The quarterback in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Everyone expects something to do from, from from Jalen Hurts. So, who do you got? Who's your pick? Who's your top two? Uh, I'm going to go Bengals and, and 49ers. I, I, w- I would love to see the 49ers come out there and just put on a defensive clinic against Philadelphia, and I can't root against Joey Burrow. I, just, I don't think I have it in me. Okay. 
I love it. And yeah, we're about to do a duck race here. One last thing before we do the duck race, though. Steve, who does Jalen Hurts belong to? Bama or Oklahoma? Oh, oh. I mean, I guess it would have to be Oklahoma. I mean, Tua took his job in the national championship. He transferred to Oklahoma. He got drafted out of Oklahoma. Wasn't he in the Heisman conversation with Oklahoma? So, I, I, I think I, he might even want it there. I don't know. I, he, he's Oklahoma. Tua, Tua is Alabama. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the only place he played at. Well, I mean, when I say, like, you know, in that scenario where there's a split, like, Tua Hurts can't claim Alabama because Tua took his job outright in front of everybody watching the national championship. So, Hurts has got to be Oklahoma. Yeah, he I, left. I, when I think Jalen Hurts, I think Bama. He played two years there. He was the guy at Alabama. When he went to Oklahoma, like, I honestly didn't even think about him anymore. Nobody watched Oklahoma. And I get what you're saying. I think he went and he balled out. He had success. I think you talked about this. You said, too, like, he kind of struggled underneath Saban and had a more of a successful career at Oklahoma. But that's a tough one. It's a tough one. But I feel like, I don't know, the SEC does something to you. He played in, he played in a national championship with Alabama. He didn't do anything at Oklahoma. Besides, just he had a great he had a well, great season. He had a great season. Yeah, but he spent. But he part spent of that's because you're an SEC Alabama. guy. You're an but, SEC guy, right? I, I mean, your I mean, your focus is on the SEC. We watch college football a ton, but your focus is on the SEC. So when the guy leaves a, a school that you're watching and following more in depth than not, then you yeah, to your point, you don't care about him as much. It didn't mean he did any worse or less when he went to the other team. You just stopped paying as much attention. I don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, I, I could go either way on it. It's just I've seen it's been going all over the internet, and I, I had to ask. So, yeah. See, look, yeah, there's, I forgot there's people in the chat that are saying like, uh, I forgot he even went to Oklahoma. Yeah, that's kind of how. <laughs> but I, again, like, that's like, because you guys are SEC fans. Like, you guys stop. You don't. But it's like, the you, SEC you is to, one, the one thing is like, you guys live in your bubble, and you guys love it, and like that's great. But you know, there's football being played outside of it, and I think this guy just went over there and just had a so like a D, great DJ Ulo, who played at Clemson, right? If he when he he's gonna go mm -hmm. somewhere else, and if he has any, any kind of success, I'm not gonna think hey Clemson with him. But it wasn't like Jalen was a failure at, at, at Alabama. He was very successful at Alabama. He went to a national championship with Alabama. He so, got benched in a national. Yeah, championship. he lost lost the game. I mean, he lost his spot, but it wasn't like. He, you know what I mean? I just don't feel like he was a failure, and that's why. I don't but he know. wasn't a failure in Oklahoma either. You're just not paying attention because you don't give a crap about Oklahoma. Nah, I care about Oklahoma. I'm looking up the stats. Uh, you look up Alabama King Sacco said uh, he said he played three seasons at Bama and one at OK. Yeah, that's a lot, dude. If you go on his his his, uh, his ESPN, it says it says Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, because obviously he entered into the. No, that's where there. he ended. Yeah. All right, so Alabama, he threw as a freshman for twenty seven hundred yards. Then as a sophomore, he threw for two thousand yards. And then as a junior, he only threw for seven hundred sixty five yards. And in Oklahoma, he threw for almost four thousand yards. <laughs> so he had a Cuber already in a one thirty nine his freshman year. But again, he plays a freshman. Like, he was the guy as a freshman at Alabama. Yeah. He started all three years at Alabama. Like, he was – I remember when he came in, like, it was like Bryce Young. Like, he was the guy. 
So QBR of 139, 150, 196 his last year at Alabama, and then 191 at Oklahoma. I mean, he balled out of Oklahoma, but he was in the Big 12. Oh, so that was it. So he was still the starter in 2018. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't lose his spot in the national championship. He just lost it for the most part, and then he had a couple of games. Like, what happened in – oh, did he get hurt or something? Like, what, what, what happened in 2018 for this kid? I think he may have got hurt. 70, 70 attempts in 2018? Doesn't seem like a lot. With eight – no, I mean he clearly got knocked out. That's right, Aaron Jordan. He won a natty by himself in Alabama. That guy, he's a he's a Bama guy through and through. Facts. The fact that you won a Bama, you're three out of your four years you played at Bama and you won a championship. I thought so. I, I wasn't for sure. You won one as the guy. You're a Bama guy. So I'm taking the W on that one. I'm putting my I'm putting my name on. Yeah, fair enough. I'll give it to you. <laughs> White Mike Music and Gaming just got home from work. We locked in. We locked in, baby. Welcome to the stream. We're actually done. We're there it ending. is. We're ending the stream. So. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Or, uh, Orion Mike. Giant says, I fully followed him in Oklahoma because his performance was insane. It literally was was what cemented him as a high draft choice in the league. And I, I do agree with that. That part, I think it did give him the the bump in the NFL draft versus what Bama probably wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been as highly highly touted, that's for sure. All right, let's yeah. do the let's The Lincoln do, let's, Riley blessing. <laughs> Let's do the ducks so you guys can quit yelling at me. Gosh, it's just like, what are you? Yeah, what have you wait. done for me next? What have you done for me lately? That's all it is with you people. What have you? What have you ducked for me lately? What have you ducked oh, for boy. me lately? All right, boys and girls, welcome <laughs> to the stream. Welcome to the show. It's been a phenomenal show. We've had over two hundred people in the chat almost the entire time, which is absolutely incredible uh, during off season. Love so, it. Yeah, I, I I love it. I love the energy. I love what you guys are. Heartbreak. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Oh, my. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Duck race is back, baby. We're going all night. Yeah, absolutely. We're going all night. We got um, literally there's 99 ducks lined up. And everybody who joined tonight, I added you in there. So don't think I forgot about you. I added you in there. 99 ducks. We got 19 seconds on the clock. As long as Dominic doesn't win, we're good. <laughs> sorry, Dom. We're good. Damn. So Q said a high, he said he won a ring at Bama and a Heisman at Oklahoma. Damn. We got the dog in him. It's been 84 right. years. Yeah, see? TK Gator Nation said, I've never seen my name. It's in there. I promise you, TK. It's just, it's it's in I the middle. It's it's locked up in there. <laughs> I just want to take this back uh, about a year or so ago. We've been doing these duck races, guys, for for a minute, right? <laughs> and Shelton Shelton can attest, and we've got a couple of folks that have been in the uh, in the high top family since the beginning. Ricky, I see you in there. Uh, you know, uh, Dom, you've been around forever. Like, and I'm, I'm going to miss some people. We used to do these duck races, and it'd be like four ducks. <laughs> it would be like it would be it yeah, would be see, like you can see just all the ducks. You, you, you can see the names, the faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was like you could like really see what was going on here. We have no clue anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's a madhouse. Scared money don't make money. We're giving away giving away some high top merch to one of our our favorite winners here. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, on your marks, get set. Go! And they are off the ducks. It's neck and neck. I can't even see. It looks like we got Reef AA taking it. He's back. Carter Griffiths has got the lead at the moment, but don't leave out. Oh, Thomas. After that duck. Uh oh, Thomas Lee. Out of nowhere. Connor. Here comes Connor's Connor. duck. Oh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Electric again. Connor getting it done. Rigged with fake subs. 
<laughs> well, Connor. Oh my gosh. I don't, I, Con- I don't. I don't think I've seen a Connor in here, and I don't know how long. I almost want to redo it. I almost want to do another duck race because I don't. It, 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 is Connor in the chat? Can we get a Can we get a Connor to put your hand up in the chat? Yeah, I don't. I probably have to be present to win. You're just present, to, present win? to win. I I, I think you know I want to I mean? do. Like, I, I mean, think I want to do another one. I, I just I bro, I haven't seen a Connor a Connor just a Connor in the chat say hey and I don't know how long. All right. If, yeah, if, if they end uh, up coming pre- and claiming pre- their prize, I, I'll 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 uh, I'll give it to them. We'll okay, honor. I'll, we'll I'll, honor, I'll do yeah. both. We're gonna do another duck All race. Right. We're gonna do another duck race. I love the duck races too much. All right, no music this time. <laughs> it's, We're just it's, gonna... it's too hype. It's too hype. Here we go. On your marks, get set, go. All right, here we go. In they're off. I need music. I need to get fired up here. Let's see here. J Money down to the Panda Duck is taking an early lead. It's got the peak lead. It's it's, it's taking off. Uh-oh, Michael Campire, LFGM making a late pull, but no, it looks like, who is that at the front Was there, this Everett? Oh, oh, my goodness, he gets it. Unbelievable. Trav was in the chat earlier today. He will be fired uh, up. No. He will be fired up to get that done. Connor is in Thailand. Trav was in here earlier, so I know he will be excited. I will reach out to him. Do four races, four winners. Everyone wanted to redo. I love it. Connor won that beat. Oh, what a race. Travis getting it done. Well done to Trav. I know he'll be fired up. He was in here earlier getting ready to rock and roll, so Dom's has never heard of him. (laughs) I love it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh well, great boys you, and girls. You find, you find another hot. You find another family on the internet that does duck races to you know uh, to sign off for the evening. You know what I'm Come saying, on, dude? baby? What a show! Hit like, hit what subscribe, hit the button, hit, hit the notifications button. Let's get the duck fifteen thousand subs, people. boys. Let's grow this show. Let's grow this family. Um, I had my, I want to talk to Cody. Cody Bullgator, one of the members here, longtime members, uh, chat with me today. So we need to start doing call-in shows. Couldn't agree with him more. So I'm going to work on getting that set up, and we're going to start doing weekly call-in shows to hear what you guys have to say. Vent sessions, cheer sessions, um, etc. John Day, I got to update the Discord link, man. I have I've been got I got to get it figured out. But uh, I'll get it figured out, and I'll update it, and you guys will get an alert once I do. So that'll be my, my mission for the next few days here to get that thing figured out. I don't know why it's giving you guys issues. Um, but love you guys as always. Thank you for hanging out with us for over an hour on this Wednesday afternoon. Next Wednesday, there's going to be two shows. We're going to have the early show. For all the commitments, everybody signing. Obviously, we saw our boy Marcus Stokes get a couple offers. uh, So hopefully, he will be signed on that day. We'll be tuning in for that. And uh, love you guys as always. Appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. We'll keep it going, baby. It's talking season. We'll see you guys next time. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Holly. Boogity, boogity, boogity.